Welcome to The Crown, the official podcast. I'm Edith Bowman, your host, and it is my pleasure to take you deep behind the scenes of the Netflix series, The Crown, on this official companion podcast. On the upcoming season of The Crown, the official podcast, we'll follow season six, episode by episode, in detail. We'll also be saying goodbye to this epic royal drama. Can't believe it, as this is the final ever season of the show. So naturally, we'll also look back at the journey of The Crown with the creators who've been there from the very beginning. Now, The Crown launched on Netflix with Claire Foy as the Queen and Matt Smith as Philip back in 2016. Moving through the life of Queen Elizabeth II, the cast changed for season three with Olivia Coleman as Elizabeth and Tobias Menzies as Philip. Then, handing the baton over to Imelda Staunton and Jonathan Price. We've seen births, deaths, weddings, politics, rivalries, power and scandal. Before the final season arrives on November the 16th, we thought you might like to refresh your memory on how we got here. So I'm going to take you right back to the beginning of this epic drama as we kind of do a previously on The Crown to recap the story so far from season one up to where we kick off for season six. The story begins in 1947, when we meet 21-year-old Princess Elizabeth, the oldest daughter of King George VI and the next in line to the throne, as she prepares to marry Naval Lieutenant Philip Mountbatten. Philip is an exiled prince of Greece and Denmark. Princess Elizabeth was 10 years old when her uncle, King Edward VIII, caused a national crisis by abdicating the British throne in order to marry American divorcee Wallace Simpson. The crown then passed to his brother and Elizabeth's fate was sealed. In 1952, Princess Elizabeth is devastated when her father dies and she becomes Queen Elizabeth II. At just 25, Elizabeth must assert herself as head of an ancient establishment dominated by much older men. Now that she wears the crown, Elizabeth's role as a mother of two small children takes a back seat. Meanwhile, Philip struggles to come to terms with his new status, one step behind his wife. Not long after her coronation as queen, Elizabeth is faced with an agonizing decision. Princess Margaret, Elizabeth's younger sister, requests to marry trusted palace equerry Peter Townsend, a divorced older man. Elizabeth, as queen, is head of the Church of England, which does not allow remarriage after divorce if their former spouse is still alive. Law also dictates that she must give permission for the marriages of senior royals. So, to protect herself from conflict with the church, the government and Commonwealth nations, as well as a public scandal, Elizabeth is forced to deny Margaret the man she loves. Dearest Lilibet, I know how you loved your papa, my son. And I know you will be as devastated as I am by this loss. But you must put those sentiments to one side now, for duty calls. 
The grief for your father's death will be felt far and wide. Your people will need your strength and leadership. I have seen three great monarchies brought down through their failure to separate personal indulgences from duty. You must not allow yourself to make similar mistakes. And while you mourn your father, you must also mourn someone else. Elizabeth Mountbatten. For she has now been replaced by another person, Elizabeth Regina. The two Elizabeths will frequently be in conflict with one another. The fact is, the crown must win. Must always win. As we move into season two of The Crown, Elizabeth and Philip's relationship is struggling almost 10 years into the marriage. After Philip undertakes a lengthy international tour alone, the couple come to an agreement to move forward. Philip's official title will become His Royal Highness Prince Philip, and while Elizabeth's power is unquestioned as sovereign, Philip will be the unquestioned head of their young family. Meanwhile, Britain's status as a world power rapidly declines as former colonies gain independence. Britain is humiliated after a failed attempt to regain control of Egypt's Suez Canal in 1956. A new era begins for the royals' public image in 1957, when Elizabeth agrees to televise the royal Christmas message for the first time in a bid to connect with her subjects in a changing media landscape. Has made it possible for many of you to see. After struggling with heartbreak and a lack of direction in royal life, troubled Princess Margaret marries promiscuous society photographer Anthony Armstrong Jones in 1960. Elizabeth is heavily pregnant with her fourth child when rumours link Philip to a government sex scandal. She once again confronts her husband about his behaviour and a new, settled chapter in their marriage begins. You both know that marriage is a challenge under any circumstances, so I can understand if sometimes, in order to let off steam, in order to stay in, you need to do what you need to do. I can look the other way. Yes, I know you can look the other way. You've raised looking the other way into an art form. I'm saying I don't want you to. You can look this way. I'm yours. In. And not because you've given me a title, not because we've come to an agreement. I love you. Season three kicks off in 1964, a moment of social upheaval in the UK. Harold Wilson becomes the first Labour Prime Minister of Elizabeth's reign. 
Elizabeth is initially unsure of Wilson and his interest in left-wing ideas, at a time when communism was considered a huge threat to Britain. But with her distrust unfounded, Elizabeth and Wilson enjoy a close partnership. We do what we have to do as leaders. That's our job. Elizabeth's oldest son and heir to the throne, Prince Charles, feels increasingly overlooked and out of step with his parents as he enters adulthood. When he meets Camilla Shand in 1970, he thinks she's the one. However, concerned that Camilla is unsuitable as a royal bride and likely still in love with her ex, Andrew Parker Bowles, the family intervene. Heartbroken, 22-year-old Charles is sent off with the Navy, whilst Camilla marries Andrew in his absence. Another royal affair causes scandal as Princess Margaret's marriage crumbles. Humiliated and depressed, Margaret attempts an overdose. This tragic event pushes Elizabeth to realise how important her sister is in her life. We close in 1977. A changed world, a shift in attitudes towards the monarchy and unease in the family leaves Elizabeth unsure and isolated as she marks her silver jubilee, celebrating 25 years on the British throne. This country was still great when I came to the throne and now look, so much for the second Elizabethan age, which Winston talked about. All that's happened on my watch is the place has fallen apart. It's only fallen apart if we say it has. That's the thing about the monarchy. We paper over the cracks. And if what we do is loud, grand, confident enough, no one will notice that all around us it's fallen apart. That's the point of us. Not us. Of you. You cannot flinch. Because if you show a single crack, we'll see it isn't a crack, but a chasm, and we'll all fall in. So you must hold it all together. Must I do that alone? There is only one queen. Season four of The Crown opens in 1979, as Britain's first female Prime Minister, Conservative Margaret Thatcher, takes power. Despite Elizabeth's hopes of a harmonious partnership, it becomes clear that, although women of the same age, the pair have very different ideas about what's best for the country. Later the same year, close family confidant Lord Mountbatten is assassinated by the IRA. Grieving Prince Charles takes his late great-uncle's advice to find a suitable bride. Bowing to pressure from his family, 32-year-old Charles proposes to 19-year-old Lady Diana Spencer. She's quickly moved into Buckingham Palace to transition from teenager to royal princess. But their spectacular televised wedding is far from a fairy tale behind the scenes. Charles loves someone else. 
How many times can this family make the same mistake? Forbidding marriages that should be allowed, forcing others that shouldn't, paying the consequences each time. By 1983, Charles and Diana's marriage is falling apart. After a brief reconciliation on their first royal tour in Australia, Diana's popularity leaves Charles and the royals back home, feeling unsympathetic to her personal struggles. Season four closes with Margaret Thatcher being forced out of office after clinging onto power for 11 years. Charles and Diana's toxic marriage shows no sign of healing, with infidelity on both sides. Another royal Christmas at Sandringham sees tensions come to a head, as Elizabeth and Philip impress upon their son and daughter-in-law that the crown will always be more important than their personal happiness. Everyone in this system is a lost, lonely, irrelevant outsider, apart from the one person, the only person, that matters. She's the oxygen we all breathe, the essence of all our duty. Your problem, if I may say, is you seem to be confused about who that person is. Season five opens in 1991, as a newspaper poll suggests that the aging queen is becoming irrelevant and Prince Charles is preferred by the public, who are unaware of he and Princess Diana's unhappiness. When new Prime Minister John Major joins the royals at Balmoral, he's alarmed to see a family on the brink of crisis. The House of Windsor should be binding the nation together setting an example of idealised family life. Instead, the senior royals seem dangerously deluded and out of touch. The junior royals, feckless, entitled, and lost. And the Prince of Wales, impatient for a bigger role in public life, fails to appreciate that his one great asset is his wife. It's a situation that cannot help but affect the stability of the country. And what makes it worse is it feels it's all about to erupt. In a speech to mark 40 years of her reign, Elizabeth dubs 1992 as her Annas Horribilis, her lowest point yet. Princess Anne has divorced. Prince Andrew separated from his wife. Charles and Diana are at loggerheads in the press. And a shocking fire rips through Windsor Castle. Elizabeth is also confronted by Margaret, who holds her sister responsible for a lifetime of unhappiness by denying her Peter Townsend all those years ago. Charles and Diana officially separate and their very public, escalating conflict sees no sign of resolution, nor does the media's appetite for salacious stories about them. The War of the Walesies peaks as Charles admits his long-standing affair with Camilla Parker Bowles on TV. Humiliated, 
isolated and paranoid about plots against her, Diana agrees to give her own interview to the BBC's Panorama News programme in 1995. Unbeknown to Diana and the BBC, journalist Martin Bashir has manipulated her fears to win her trust. Such myself ever being queen of this country. When Diana's brutal representation of her experience in the royal family is broadcast, Elizabeth comes to a historic conclusion. Charles and Diana must divorce. We close season five in 1997, at a time of great change for Britain. Youthful Tony Blair becomes Prime Minister with a landslide election for the rebranded, modern New Labour Party. Polls indicate that the monarchy is out of favour with the British public, while the UK's global power dwindles as Hong Kong is handed over to China after 156 years of British rule. Meanwhile, miserable in the wake of the divorce, Diana asks Elizabeth permission to take the young princes on holiday with controversial Egyptian billionaire Mohammed Al-Fayed and his family, which includes his son Dodi. After 44 years on the throne, Elizabeth is forced to assert her authority over her ambitious heir. Charles is increasingly eager to legitimise his relationship with Camilla now that they're both divorced and take the future of the monarchy into his own hands. I don't want to get drawn on Mr Blair or whether he understands the people better than me or not. Well, I'd say at this moment he does. But I do want to make clear that the only person in this family to have a direct relationship with the First Minister is the Sovereign. Which will one day be me. One day, but not yet. When? You should know the answer to that question better than anyone, because God willing, you will one day take the oath yourself. This job is for life. Well, let's just hope there's still an institution for me to take the oath for. I don't think it's my behavior that's threatening its survival. Isn't it? Find out what happens next on November the 16th, only on Netflix. And of course, join me, Edith Bowman, as I take you deep behind the scenes of the final season of The Crown. I'll be joined by the cast. Older actors should always embrace what's coming next. And um, blimey, they were great. Mm. And the creatives behind the scenes. That was a very last minute. Was it? Rewrite, yeah. One of those moments of uh, <laughs> where you think, oh no, that story isn't finished yet to give you unrivaled access to the final season of this epic drama and say goodbye to this historic show. Find The Crown, the official podcast from November the 16th, wherever you get your podcasts. I can't wait.